It's a Mailbag Friday on the podcast. Going to be answering your questions, talking about Vaughn Grissom possibly moving to the outfield. We'll talk about the new rule changes that are becoming next year as well and how that could affect some of the Braves pitchers. And then got a lot of questions about the postseason as well that we'll cover, including the starting rotation and Marcelo Zuna's role. And then we'll set you up for this weekend series against the Seattle Mariners. All that on a Friday episode of Lockdown Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball and check out my bio there to see where I'm covering the game of baseball, including the Atlanta Braves in written form over at tomahawktake.com, where I've been the co-editor for several years. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at locked on underscore braves send in any questions comments or feedback you have for the podcast and just like today you're going to be answering those questions make sure you're subscribed on youtube as well hit that thumbs up button on this video and that notification bell so you get notified whenever i post a new video and thanks for making locked on braves your first listen each and every day we post episodes daily five days a week monday through friday and are free and available on all platforms Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. On today's episode, this is going to be a full mailbag episode. Going to be answering your Twitter questions, talking about Von Grissom, talking about some rule changes, postseason rosters, and got a question about the upcoming series between the Braves and the Mariners and two young studs. That'll be matching up in that series and Julio Rodriguez and Michael Harris. So going to cover a lot on today's episode. Let's jump right into it with the first question. This one coming from Three Boys Dad on Twitter. He said, could Grissom play some right field when Ozzy gets back if Ronald's knee is still bothering him? The simple question or answer to that is yes. Uh, the Braves have been working him in the outfield. I think we'll definitely see Grissom play some outfield in the regular season once Ozzy Albies returns and you know it's a great point and I mentioned it on yesterday's podcast the fact that Ronald's needing that DH spot right now you know when we talked about this you know a week ago we thought when Ozzy comes back you know you can put Von Grissom in the DH role and play him there and still get him at bats but with Ronnie really needing that DH spot at the moment and I would imagine they're going to try to manage him pretty well down the stretch here and keep him in that DH spot to make sure that he's as healthy as can be for the postseason. You're going to have to find a place for Von Grissom in one of the corner outfield spots, whether it be left or right field. And I definitely think he's going to at least get a chance there. Now, look, they're putting Marcelo Zuna out in left field right now because Ronald is taking up that DH spot. I cannot imagine that a young athletic guy like Von Grissom can at least play a decent outfield comparable to Marcelo Zuna. So if they're willing to put Ozuna out there, I got to imagine they're at least willing to take a chance on putting Von Grissom out there. So I do think once Ozzy Albies returns that we will see Von Grissom 
get some opportunities in one of the corner outfield spots, whether it be left field or right field. I mean, in right field right now, they're putting out Robbie Grossman, who I think has done a fine job defensively, but I wouldn't even say that he's probably above average. I'd say he's average. And then Eddie Rosario, you know, despite the ridiculous play that he made in the World Series last year where he just threw his glove up and prayed that it land, the ball landed in there, he's not really a great outfielder either. So it's not like the corner outfields for the Rays right now are great defensively and the options are not great. So I think it's at least worth taking a shot to see what you can do with Von Grissom. And he has been working out there just for that scenario. I also talked about this yesterday. No reason to rush Ozzy Albies at this point because Grissom is hitting. You can play him at second. Ozuna has been hitting since he's been inserted back into the lineup. So there's no reason to rush Ozzy back at this point. I think you just kind of let things play out. But again, when Ozzy does come back, I think you have the outfield as an option for Von Grissom. Next question comes from Mary Jessup says with Ian Anderson's recent rough outings in AAA, how likely do you think it is he makes it back before postseason since that was initially the plan for him? I'm going to push back on the last part of that question a little bit. I mean, I think that was the hope for the Braves to send him back, him down and then him come back later this year. I know that was certainly the hope. I don't know if that's necessarily the plan, though. I think the plan is to just send him down, let him work on some things, and then once he figure those out and once he's ready, then you bring him back, whether that's this year or next year. For me, that that's that was the plan from the beginning. And I'll go ahead and mention Ian Anderson started on Thursday night, five and a third, only four hits this time after giving up nine hits and ten hits respectively in his last two outings, but four walks. And that, to me, is the more concerning thing because – even in his last two outings where he's given up a lot of hits, the walks have been down. And that's been one of the big problem areas for Ian Anderson is the command and the walk. So four walks, a bit concerning. Gave up four run runs, had five strikeouts, gave up a home run through 96 pitches, 56 of them for strikes. So again, another, another outing where you look at the stat line for Ian Anderson and it's not great. So I don't, right now, I just don't see Ian Anderson being in the picture for the rest of this season and the postseason. I mean, it's going to have to be a pretty quick turnaround. I don't see him being a guy that comes out of the bullpen, so I don't really think he feels that need. If you wanted somebody as, you know, a long reliever in the postseason just to have on your roster, I think he could play that role. You also have Mike Soroka, who could potentially be playing that role as well. I think Kyle Moeller right now is a better option than Ian Anderson and even Bryce Elder. I mean, it's crazy to think, but at this point, I think those guys have jumped jumped over Ian Anderson a little bit as far as the pecking order of starting pitching. So, again, in full disclosure, I'm not watching these outings in AAA, and we don't know exactly what he's working on down there, so it's hard to just take the results that you see in the box score and really apply them to how well he's doing down there, whether good or bad. But – based on those box scores and what we've seen, I just don't I just don't see a way that Ian Anderson gets back on this roster right now unless a couple of injuries happen and let's hope that is not the case. So last time I did my postseason roster, I put Ian Anderson on there because he's been so great in the postseason. Again, I'm not completely ruling that out, but I think more than anything, Ian Anderson just needs time. He needs time to develop, to work on his com command, to work on those secondary pitches. 
And when he does come back, you know, hopefully he has that all figured out, can put it together and become, you know, a middle to top of the rotation arm. Once again, like we've seen, again, still just very young Izzy and Anderson. But for me, the plan when sending him down was to give him time to work on things, to work on his secondary pitches. And until that happens, uh, there's just really not a spot for him on the roster. Next question comes from Jim Millard. He says, how do you see the pitch clock affecting the Braves and the strategy? It seems like the, the time clock is bound to create more base runners and steals. Good for guys like Michael Harris, bad for guys like Kenley Jansen. Kenley Jansen is obviously the slowest when it comes to delivering uh, the ball and gives up a lot of steals because of that. Kenley Jansen is not going to be a part of this Braves team next year. Um, you know, maybe he pitches again. I don't think it's for the Braves. I think when the Braves traded for Rysel Iglesias, it was to have a secondary option in case, you know, Kinley uh, gets injured this year. And I think it's because Iglesias is going to be the closer in the years to come. You're not going to be paying two guys, you know, over 15 million at the back of your bullpen. I just don't see the Braves doing that. So when these rules go into effect next year, I don't really see it being a problem for many of the Braves pitchers because Kinley Jansen is not going to be a part of that. AJ Mentor and Jim was nice enough to send me a graph on the pitch times for these pitchers. AJ Mentor was the second slowest, so maybe something to to look at there. Maybe if he becomes the closer or gets some close save situations, but I don't see it being a big deal. And I did just want to mention this real quickly about the rules changes. So it's expected, and I was kind of recording a little later today, hoping to get the official word on this. It's expected that there are going to be several rule changes voted on to be put in place next year. One of them being the pitch clock, another being larger bases and one being a change to defensive shifts. I think the pitch clock is great. I'm somebody who I cover the college baseball level as well. And also obviously watch a lot of minor league baseball. I think the pitch clock is great. And I barely notice it when I'm watching a game. When I go to a minor league game here in Birmingham, I never notice it when I'm watching college games. I, I barely notice it except for the very rare times where a pitcher is called out on it and is issued a, a ball so you know it'll take some adjustment but i think once we once it players do adjust to it and hopefully umpires actually enforce it i think we'll see a much better game again it's not about for me it's not about the time the length of a game it's the pace of action and that's really where the game has gotten away from it you know, over the last several years really the last couple of decades now is there's no action. There's a lot of pitchers walking around the mound. There's a lot of batters stepping out to adjust themselves and adjust their batting gloves, which is just not necessary at all. And I think if you can cut that out of the game and quicken the pace of action, I think you're going to see a much better product on the field. Larger bases, I hope it does You know, create some more stolen bases in the game. I think that would be great, and I think the Braves would benefit from that because they have a lot of guys who can steal some bases. Um, the defensive shifts is one. I got to see exactly what the rules are and how that's going to play out. But I'm indifferent on that one. Again, I'll have to see more uh, of what that actually looks like. But good question. I want to bring up those rule changes today. So thanks to Jim for bringing that up. Next, take some more of your questions. A lot of them focusing on the postseason, what the roster will look like, the starting rotation, what pitchers in the minors could play a role. We'll discuss that next. Winding down, the nights are getting longer, but the breeze isn't the only thing that's getting stiff. That's right, this episode is sponsored 
by Blue Chew. Guys, we all know that confidence can take you far in life, and it's especially true in the bedroom when it's time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique service online that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready when the opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. With BlueChew, men everywhere are excited to see the postman because when your package arrives, your package arrives. Go to BlueChew.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a free month's supply and just pay $5 in shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code LOCKEDON for your first month for free. Continuing this mailbag episode, got a couple of questions here about the postseason. First of which comes from Coach Gordon Bombay. Love that name on Twitter. He said, "What AAA arms make the playoff roster?" So, um, I don't know if this is going to be the answer that Coach Bombay was looking for, but you got to consider what guys are on the forty-man roster. I think Soroka could be on the postseason roster. I think Kyle Muller would be a great addition to the postseason roster, giving you another left-handed arm who can pitch multiple innings. I think Freddie Tarnock could be an option. Bryce Elder and Ian Anderson, guys we've all seen before. I think Coach Bombay is probably looking for some arms that maybe we haven't seen or really heard of. I just don't I don't see that happening. I don't see a, a need for it. I mean, the Braves bullpen is pretty set as it is. We got Jansen, Iglesias, Minter, Matzik, McHugh. I mean, you already pretty much have your, your guys you can depend on. You add some veterans like Soroka, like Anderson, Moeller. No, Moeller's not a, a necessarily a veteran, but guys who have had big league experience, um, I think you know that could just add some depth to it. So I don't really see a need um, this year to really add anybody from AAA. There are maybe some arms down there, some Victor Vodniks, Michael Tonklin, um, that I think you know, have some good strikeout numbers that perhaps you could use if you you wanted to, I just don't think it's necessary. So I don't think we really see anybody, you know, that we haven't already seen uh, added to the playoff roster. Next one comes from Andrew Forrester. He says, what will Ozuna make the postseason uh, roster and why hasn't Arcia had at least a pinch hit or defensive sub? If you would have asked me a week ago if Marcelo Zuna makes the postseason roster, I would have told you no. In fact, last time when I gave you my postseason roster predictions on here, I left Marcelo Zuna off. But you asked me today, and I think he does make the postseason roster. Look, Brian Snicker has gone on record and said he's part of this team. We're going to use him where it makes the most sense. And look, Rosario hasn't necessarily gotten it done. He hasn't ran away with that left field spot and Ozuna, you know, since he's been in the lineup, at least for the past week has gotten it done. And even if he doesn't start, it does at least give you a big bat off the bench who can hit the ball hard when he does hit the ball, can give you a home run. So it gives you a big right-handed bat off the bench, even if he's not going to start. So I will say at right now, I think Marcelo Ozuna does make the postseason roster. As for your question about Orlando Arcia, I mean, I don't know where you're gonna where you're gonna put them. I mean, I, I could see, I understand maybe the pinch hit thing, but Robbie Grossman, 
you know, he's a switch hitter. He's really the only guy you're going to pinch hit for. You're not going to pinch hit him for Ozuna, who's also a right-handed hitter. So I just don't know where the at-bats are going to come for Orlando Arcia right now. So, um, again, there's just not not really a spot for him. Maybe – I don't even know if he's a defensive upgrade over Grissom at second base. I think it's still a little too early to tell. I think Arcia was playing great there defensively. So just not a lot of opportunities for Arcia right now to get in there. But I do think he makes the postseason roster because I think he will be that, that depth insurance on the infield uh, on the postseason roster. And then final question here about the postseason. Tim Finley says, who are the starters in a three-game playoff series? And this is something, you know, I've pretty much been tracking for, you know, the last several weeks now in terms of what the postseason rotation could look like. And for me, it's pretty clearly, obviously, Max Fried is your number one. And I think Spencer Strider is your number two. Um and I honestly don't think it's even that big of a decision. It's just the fact that how can you put a rookie as your number two starter in a postseason series when you have a veteran like Charlie Morton, you have a guy in Kyle Wright who pitched in the World Series last year and got it done. But I just think Spencer Strider with his dominance and the way that that plays up in the postseason and the consistency that he's shown for the most part, and even look at what he did in his last start where – just did not have it early, made an in-game adjustment, and then dominated for five innings. Yes, against you know a subpar team you're not going to see in the postseason, but still that ability to adjust on the fly like that mid-game is pretty special, and what he's doing is just incredible. So for me, in a three-game series, it's Freed, it's Strider, and then I think it's a toss-up between Wright and Morton. I, I think Snicker is going to go Morton. I think Snicker is going to lean on the veteran and he will be in a postseason rotation no matter what. And I think that's probably the right call. You talk about in the postseason how dominating type stuff you, tends to play up. And Charlie Morton has that. I mean, whatever the questions are with his inconsistency, he gets a lot of strikeouts. He's going to go over 200 strikeouts again. So I, for me, I think it's Freed, Strider, Morton. If you wanted to give the veteran the benefit of a doubt in a three-game wildcard series and you wanted to go Freed, um, Freed, Morton, Strider, if needed, you know that's fine. But I think those are my top three. I think it could also make sense if the Braves play in the wildcard. You go Freed and, and Strider in games one and two, and you win those two. And then you can start Charlie Morton in game one of the next series, and you at least have a veteran to kick off you know, an NLDS type scenario, which I think, you know, could be okay. I mean, we all see what Morton can do when he's on and go out there and pitch six or seven shutout innings. So I think that could be a good game plan as well. But that's certainly something I'm watching for over these next couple of weeks is who's going to follow Max Fried in the rotation and how does that play out in the postseason series. That's some good options for Brian Snicker, whichever way he decides to go. But I think that will be one of the more entertaining aspects to watch down the stretch is who earns that second spot behind Max Fried in a postseason rotation. All right, great questions. Got one more I want to read after the break that pertains to the upcoming series between the Braves and Mariners, and then we'll preview that series next. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. 
BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Before we get to our final question and preview the upcoming series with the Mariners, I uh, wanted to just give you an update on Ozzy Albies. I talked about Ian Anderson earlier. Uh, his outing, Mike Soroka, will be starting tonight on Friday for Gwinnett. Could be his last rehab outing. It got cut short. His last start got cut short because of rain. Could be the last rehab outing for Mike Soroka. We'll see how that plays out. But Ozzy Albies on Thursday, over three, played in the field for the first time, which is a big thing. Again, no rush for Ozzy Albies. He continues to work his way back, uh, but would love to see him, you know, obviously playing in the field more, getting healthy, and start having some good at bats. As far as the weekend preview goes, the Braves will be taking on the Seattle Mariners in Seattle, a tough place to go and a really good team in the Mariners. For our preview of that series, though, we got one more question. This one coming from, from YouTube. So make sure you submit your questions on YouTube as well, and I'll include them in our mailbag episodes. He says, any idea who will shine in the spotlight this weekend series between Number one rookie of the year, Michael Harris, and Seattle Mariners, Julio Rodriguez, who could be the AL rookie of the year. Great question. Something I hadn't honestly thought about when previewing this matchup, but that is going to be pretty interesting to see potential rookie of the year winners going head-to-head. Michael Harris, he faced a lot of tough lefties in that Oakland series, and he's going to face a couple of more in the Seattle series going up against Robbie Ray and Marco Gonzalez. So, I could potentially see Michael Harris struggling in this series. I mean, he comes into this series on a 14-game hit streak despite facing all those lefties against Oakland. But this is going to be a tough environment going up against some really good left-handed pitchers. So I could see Michael Harris struggling a little bit this weekend. I could see Julio Rodriguez struggling a little bit as well. His number's worse against righties, as you would expect. And Braves have some good ones going and in Morton uh, and Freed over the weekend. So... I can see both guys really kind of struggling. J-Rod's actually been worse at home as well, still over an 800 OPS at 801, but will be really fun to watch these two young outfielders go at it. Again, rookie of the year candidates. going to be something really exciting to watch in this weekend series to see who does shine the brightest. Hopefully it is MH2. Now talking about this series with the Mariners, Mariners just lost a series to the White Sox. White Sox starting to to heat up there in the AL Central. Mariners were also off on Thursday. They had won seven in a row before losing that series to the White Sox. And the Mariners are 14-6 and over their last 20 games. So they have been just as hot as the Atlanta Braves. And talked about the pitching matchups a little bit. On Friday, it's going to be Charlie Morton versus Robbie Ray. Really, really need Charlie Morton to be on his game. Again, I talked about it, the postseason rotation. For me, I think he's that third, could even be fourth man right now. I need to see more consistency from him, see him going deeper into ball games. Went five and two-thirds last time. Want to see him more consistently going six innings, two earned or less, being that top of the rotation guy. Robbie Ray's obviously been very good for the Seattle Mariners. They're going to be a tough pitching matchup on Friday night. We will have... Uh, post game for that me and grant mccauley late on friday night so be looking out for that 
On Saturday, it's going to be Max Fried versus George Kirby, young pitcher for the Seattle Mariners. That'll be another good pitching matchup and a fun game as well. Looking for Max Fried to do Max Fried things. Was great his last time out, five no-hit innings before rain delay coming off. A shaky outing before that where he just didn't have anything. Still kept his team in the game through five innings. So back-to-back games, Max Fried only going five innings. Last one because of rain. So look for him to go deep in the game on Saturday and put up an ace-type performance. On Sunday, not sure who's going for the Braves yet. We know Marco Gonzalez, another lefty, going for the Mariners. Braves have done really well against lefties this year, so hopefully that bodes well for them in this series, going against Robbie Ray and Marco Gonzalez. We'll see if Jake Odorizzi pitches on Sunday. He had that arm fatigue, or if it's going to be Bryce Elder. Uh, But either way, going to be a tough series for the Atlanta Braves. The Mariners are a really good team. They've been really hot. And they play really well in that building. I don't think it's Safeco anymore, but whatever it's called nowadays, uh, they play really good at home there. I just quickly want to talk about the Mets. Uh, They'll go to Miami this weekend. Marlins played in Philadelphia on Thursday, and unfortunately, Sandy Alcantara pitched in that game, so he won't pitch in this series. However, Marlins uh, will still throw out Edward Cabrera, we saw as a really good young pitcher and Pablo Lopez and possibly Jesus Lazardo. while the Mets will be without Chris Bat- Bassett and Jacob DeGrom and obviously Max Scherzer is on the IL. So possibly an opportunity for the Marlins to pick up a win or two there against the Mets. Braves are going to need some help because the Braves schedule, as I've talked about and said numerous times, gets a lot tougher while the Mets schedule is very easy. So uh, Braves are going to need some help from teams like the Marlins if they're going to stay in this NL East race and overtake the Mets down the stretch. But should be a fun weekend of baseball. Looking forward to watching all of that. But that will do it for this episode. Thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. Now go make your second listen, the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 episode. It is an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season, which starts this weekend. Local team experts from the Lockdown Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Lockdown Bets, all combine to make one ultimate NFL preview show. Search for the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Follow me at Shortstop Ball. Also, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 